You're listening to Radigan's Rockcast, a series focused on talking about music from the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and even current. Now, here's your host, Tom Radigan. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the first edition of Radigan's Rockcast. Now, for, for those who uh, see me on YouTube and all that stuff, I've already done a few editions, but this is my first time doing this as an actual podcast. Now, I know, of course, my friends have joked with me, the other things I do, like the series, like, oh, that's a podcast too, but I wanted this to be right, and I felt like, you know, because a podcast, it's, you know, I feel like you, you want to do it to a good element and all that stuff. And for this one, this is more about, even though I interview musicians, this is more about me talking about the passion I have of music and the love I have of it. You know, music is part of my life. Um, You know, it's one of the biggest things that, you know, like, you know, really like, you know, has changed me and has made me the person I am today uh, through listening to stuff like, whether it's the Beatles, Creed's Clearwater Revival, Grateful Dead, uh, Elvis, Buddy Holly. So yeah, so with that little uh, meet and greet out of the way, uh, let's go into a little bit of the topics uh, for what I want to talk about today. So I've talked about on my YouTube channel, if you've watched my videos before, I've talked about the groups that I've been getting into lately this summer and this whole year basically is the group, of course, simply just named The Band and uh, Crosby, Stills, and uh, Nash and Young. Now, uh, for this episode, we are going to do top 10 lists of like uh, the band songs, top 10 songs from the band. And uh, in the next edition, we will talk about top 10 songs from Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. So, uh, without further ado, let's go into the list of my favorite songs from the band. Now, uh, things I will mention is that uh, most of them, most of these songs are from their first two albums. There will be one song that is from a later album, but um, a lot of the songs on their first two albums were you know, that was it. Those were the, the hits. I mean, not that they didn't have other songs on their other albums that they did, but, you know, this was really more of, like, um, you know, what worked for them. And, oh, I think the sun went down. Oh, it's all right. For those who, um, you know, are just listening, I think the sun in my room, I think, went cloudy or something. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, so um, let's, let's go into it. So uh, instead of doing actually, you know, it's funny. I was debating to do a top 10 list or a top, you know, like, because I was trying to think of, like, specific songs, and I had to include one, so instead of doing a top 10, I want to change that. We are going to change that on the spot, people. That that is, that is how, that is how I roll, honestly. So this is how I roll. So we're going to go top 11, and, you know, because, you know what, let's go a little bit of a step beyond. You know, there's more than, than just 10. Why, why limit ourselves? So I thought, so I picked it down to... 11 great songs from the band. And I'm doing that the same with the Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and Young did too. Uh, so, um, for number 11, we've got Jemiah Surrender, uh, basically on their second album, which is self-titled, called, you know, of course, The Band. And uh, Jemiah Surrender is with the great Levon Helm on vocals. Uh, you know, um, it's it's a great, you know, rock and rhythm track. Uh, you know, uh, interesting fact about this is that Levon Helm, of course, it was the drummer of the group, but for this, he decided to play guitar, and Richard Manuel, who played piano, played the drums on this. And uh, that, that happened a few times when the roles reversed, where uh, Richard Manuel would play the drums, and Levon Helm would do more of a guitar. Because the lineup, of course, of the band was, you know, uh, Rick Denko on bass, Robbie Robertson on, on uh, guitar, Richard Manuel on piano, Leave on Helm on drums and Garth Hudson on organ, um, and all that. Uh, but yeah, no. So, 
uh, for uh, the band, uh, what do you call it? Yeah, so we got so we got Jemaya Surrender. It's a really great rhythm track and all that. Very good. Very you know on, on the dot. You know that good like you know jamming. You know bass line. Uh, you know uh, Levon. Like, like I said, Levon sends a pretty good tune. Levon is really always great. Uh, the back and vocals between like you know like Rick Dango and also to like you know Richard Manuel. They were the guys that did the harmonies of the group. You know it, the three vocalists of the group were always Rick Danko, Richard Manuel, and Levon Helm. They were just, you know, and Rick Danko, of course, has, you know, a chance of, to do his own vocals and lead stuff. But he was really just a good backup singer, too, for, like, uh, for songs that Levon did and Richard Manuel did, too, because they were known more as the lead singers, but Rick Danko also sang. Um, but, yeah, no, no, so we've got that one, and, uh, oh, yeah, okay, I've got to notice that my... Uh, battery is low on my laptop, so I will charge that on the spot. We are, we're doing this live. We're, we are doing this live, people. You're gonna not see this live, but I, I'm doing this live for you, people. The, that, that's how I roll. So we're gonna just uh, charge it in the plug. This is this will be like the spot for our little like advertisement because you know I'm not that uh, you know uh, famous yet, so I can't do those advertisements. But this charging thing will be a good ad because I'm uh, stalling you for all this stuff. And um, yeah, so let's just uh, power that uh, sucker right in. And uh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. This is this is how I roll, people. This is how I roll. Love it or hate it. Okay. All right, let's see. Oh, right. I got to put the plug in too. That that's a whole thing with the steps of this stuff, you know. Very very complicated stuff, huh? huh? All right. All right. All right. Let's go. Let's go. Okay. And we've powered it in. Of course, I think uh we might have got a little bit of a static there, but hey, you know, why not? Why not? Why don't we um why don't we roll on with the show and get back to it? So that was our little ad going into our 11. So now we got to break down to the top 10. So coming at number 10, we've got Ophelia. This was from their later album, Northern Light, Southern Cross. And um, yeah, so this came out in 75. And this was one of their last albums before they broke up. Um, and all that. Uh, and it's funny because Ophelia, it's like for a while, you know, they weren't as commercial as they once what were, you know, like with uh, the album's music from Big Pink and, you know, uh, the band. But um, Ophelia kind of goes back to their roots of a song from, like, you know, what they did on those first two records. Uh, Leave on Helm, of course, sings it great. Uh, you know, uh, how you, if you really want to see a good performance of him doing it, watch uh, The Last Waltz, which is the documentary of the band, which was their final concert, uh, like, recorded and directed by Martin Scorsese. It's a great, it's a great film. It's funny and all that stuff. Of course, it's got a little controversy from the guys that uh, claim that, you know, it was more more of like Robbie Robertson's vision and that like Robbie Robertson kind of made himself seem like he was you know the leader and like you know like and all that stuff which they all were no nobody was the leader it was all five of them you know they all had this uh special unit and this part for the group and all that but um let's go uh, let's talk about Ophelia so yeah so in that scene but in that video in the last waltz if you, you watch uh you know Levon Helm drumming he's belting out Le uh you know Ophelia and all that stuff and it just it's a great tune too it's very snazzy uh got a little bit of that horns in in the beginning of it uh you know great tune by robertson of course you know yeah like there's more of a contribution with levon uh you know and all that stuff uh the reason why um it's called ophelia because of, of course there's a few things about ophelia ophelia also i think 
leads to you know always talked about heroin because you know of course drugs and music at that time were big and all that but um you know not just that but like um ophelia robbie robertson the way he he described it was that he said it was just such an uncommon name and he just he always liked the sound of it and that's why he used it in the song and also of course it was famously used in hamlet you know um uh that that name but um yeah no um it one of a you know very snazzy tune i think definitely one of the band signature songs um definitely i think brought back that feel you know when um you know when the band released that album you know uh for a while they weren't releasing um you know original material they were still doing stuff but like they they released a cover album they released and they did an album with bob dylan um and all that but they weren't releasing anything original for about a few years and this like kind of song brings back like okay they still got it they still have the magic you know uh you know these five guys can still you know uh play and you know still uh you know uh, touch the heartstrings of millions you know um so uh okay so coming at number nine we've got the song that started off the band album which was across the great divide and across the great divide divide is sung by piano player richard manuel and uh richard manuel uh you know has a great like he, he he can do like a falsetto or just sing in a regular voice too i mean some people compared him to like ray charles the way when he would sing like in a, a low voice and all that stuff so he doesn't do a falsetto on this one uh we're gonna get to a song that he does falsetto which is also a, a big one that is on this list but across the across the great divide is a great way to start off the album and uh you know it it starts off with especially these you know uh kind of like you know unusual lyrics um, and it just starts off like standing by your window in pain, which is, which starts off the story of this of that album, which kind of led to more of a concept type of thing, where basically he the sinner in the song is describing that um, you know his wife has got a gun and she's gonna kill him and like you know and he goes like you know like honey what you done with the gun and and I beg you dear Molly girl and all that stuff and um, no and it's just it's great like. It's, it's an interesting type of story, and I think this song represents uh, the band's effort, effort of, uh, t of storytelling, you know? A lot of their songs were like, you know, mental movies in their head, you know, in your head, you know? Like, that's, you know, a lot of, like, characters were in, it, were in their songs and all that stuff. So, definitely, um, you know, a, gr a great way to open up the album. One, one of, I think, I, I, th I, th I think it's one of the best uh, album album openers of, of theirs and all that stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, it was a great, and it was a great way to give it, you know, such, that whole album a bang. And, you know, of course, every other song on that album is great. Um, and, uh, yeah, no, um, there even is a, a compilation album with it called Across the Great Divide, which I think is a good title for a compilation album because, you know, there's so much across the, the type of music these guys did, you know, from doing their own stuff to doing, like, a little bit of covers to doing stuff with Bob Dylan. And then, you know, with The Last Waltz, you know, even uh, for them uh, performing with other musicians. These were, you know, these were guys, these were guys who were just, a, I mean, it's in the title of their name. You know, these guys weren't, you know, didn't have like show off that they were like glamorous rock stars. They didn't have to prove like, you know, like with like, you know, for instance, like groups like Kiss or something like that. Or like even Keith Richards and Mick Jagger to like, you know, hone the spotlight to show that they're the star. They were already the stars, you know, by the way their music was out there. I mean, and all that stuff. And I don't even think they know how big of a legends they actually really were and all that. So we've got, um, okay, so coming at number eight, we've got one of my favorites, um, and it's, you know, 
if you look online, and st some people say consider this one of their best songs uh, ever, which is Chest Fever. And uh, Chest Fever was on music from Big Pink. Um, that is also credited to Robbie Robertson, but there is also, uh, of course, a little bit of a uh, songwriting dispute about that uh, because, you know, a lot of songs are credited to Robertson, but, you know, it was always like a group effort in a sense. And um, Chess Fever was sung by uh, Richard Manuel, uh, even though uh, definitely Leave on Helm accompanies him. And you can definitely hear Leave on at times, like where sometimes you think it's actually, they do a good job blending their voices together because sometimes you think it's actually Leave on singing, but it's actually Richard Manuel singing. But um, yeah, no, no, it, it, it's, a, it's definitely, um, it's such a funny song because it's like the lyrics are unusual. Um, it's basically, of course, I think referring to, you know, in some ways, I mean, the title's in it too, of course, like, Chest Fever, is about a guy who just, like, this woman who is, like, you know, all over him and all that stuff, and, uh, I think he, and he's grown tired of it, in a sense, you know, um, yeah, and, like, like, and also, too, it's just, like, how it starts off with this, uh, you know, the organ, and that's why this is probably one of Garth Hudson's best type of, you know, uh, songs that, you know, describes how much of a multi-instrumentalist and talented guy he was with the opening organ, you know, just, like, coming at you, like, you're in a church and you don't know what to expect, and then all of a sudden it just comes rising up, rising up, and then, you know, the bass and then the, the whole band gets going like a... The bum ba bum ba. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, you get what I'm doing. But um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. And then of course when uh Richard and Levon go into their thing and all that stuff, you know, it's perfect, perfect, and all that. And uh, yeah, my uh, laptop just went dark. Of course, yeah. All right. For those who are uh, yeah listening, yeah, just want to describe that too. You know. All right. Um. But um. Yeah. No. And uh, Robbie Robertson also has explained that uh with this song that uh you know the lyrics were kind of unusual and if you love this song it's because of Garth Hudson because of the type of you know or because his 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 playing is all over the place and the organ is just so powerful on this. And, uh, you know, like tuba and all that stuff, which, uh, yeah, which, you know, also, too, was the help of, you know, in this album, they had a producer, uh, John Simon, who was also, uh, would play tuba or uh, for some of their songs when they need them, like, kind of like a horn section and all that stuff. That would be, like, kind of sometimes interplay between uh, John Simon and, uh, you know, Garth Hudson. But, um, you know, also, too, but the dispute with the song, too, is that, like, uh, Robertson, yeah, like, that like, he didn't really write the lyrics in the sense that, like, you know, the lyrics were kind of improvised and like you know like Richard and Levon were uh bringing out phrases and lyrics to saying and so was Robertson too but um but yeah no it's definitely one of their unusual songs but it's it's one of their it's one of their great songs too it's, it, it's just it's a really fun too and it's not a serious song but you know if you ever want to just like have a laugh or just uh listen to a song that's kind of funny but like it's hard rocking and you know coming at you then you know chest fever is your song um, so now we got, um, coming at number seven, we got Up on Cripple Creek. Now, this is, of course, another, uh, no well-known song from them, uh, which is sung by Levon and all that stuff, one of the classics. Um, and, um, yeah, 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 no, so, uh, they also performed this song on the Ed Sullivan Show, too, in, uh, 1969. Um, but, yeah, no, this is one of, um, you, you know, it, 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 it's, of course, like, like, you know, 
I feel like it's definitely one of their like overplayed songs or all that stuff. I'm not gonna like go on them and say it's totally like overrated, but you know, I think it, 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 it needs to be in this list, I feel like. But it's definitely I mean I think some people would probably even consider it a number three or number two. But for me I'd consider it number seven. I mean it's definitely a song that uh needs to be mentioned just because it's like you know, it definitely does have a, a great sound to it. And I mean, of course, the phrasing and the sound that like, up on Creep, Cripple Creek, she sends me if I spread a leak. I mean, just that type of wordplay is really fun. It's a, it's like one of those other like type of fun, uh, you know, like kind of like tongue twisters even to say, you know, uh, even because that's like with Chess Fever, you know, I feel like it's got a lot of tongue twisters and all that stuff. And they were, they were good with, you know, I think using those kind of phrases or like, you know, they talked about that they use like witty puns and stuff in songs and all that. But. But, um, yeah, so uh, coming to number six, we've got um, I Shall Be Released, and that ended the uh, music from Big Pink album, and um, it's sung by Richard Manuel and in a falsetto voice, and it was written by Bob Dylan, and, you know, Bob Dylan had a big uh, influence on the band, considering that they were his backing band at one time, and that's kind of how they came up with the name, because when they went on the stage, it was always a Bob Dylan band, they're like, why don't we just call ourselves the band, so, you know, uh, Bob Dylan helped them out with their first album, uh, actually, he, he actually did the art, uh, the cover art for that, too, um, he, he did a painting for that, um, he also had, yeah, like, other few songs that were on the album as well but um yeah no this is a song that uh, he wrote and uh, Richard Manuel sings it beautifully the harmonies are great uh the piano work uh, of course the instrumentation um you know the bass on it is really good like the bass line if you really like listen to it like the bass is really something to take take a listen to and really like kind of analyze because for me I'm like when I listen to a song and many times I need to hear different parts of it like that I didn't hear before and that's mostly like I think in some ways like the instrumentation for that and uh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so now at number five we've got King Harvest and uh, that's uh, a song that ends the uh, the band album, and uh, it, you know uh, it's of course sung by Richard Manuel, uh, you know. So yeah, he, he yeah, because Richard Manuel closed the album on both of those things, and he also opened it, which we'll get to in in a, in a second as well. Uh, but um, Ken Harvest um, is a great song. Uh, you know, it's um, it starts off like it's one of those other songs. Like when I first heard it, it sounded like it was Levon Helmson because he sings, uh, he accompanies him in the beginning, and at like when you know, like it kind of like you know, like goes to Manuel's like uh, soul voice. It sounded, it kind of sounded like it was Levon at times, and I think like uh, Richard Manuel at times could sometimes sound both like Levon Helm and also uh, Rick Danko as well um, at times you know in their vocal style like sometimes it's like they all had their different type of style like Levon was very you know and sometimes like a raspy kind of you know gentle um, Richard Manuel could go to falsetto uh, he could bring up a notch to his uh, to a low voice but also stick in like a mid-range too and Rick Danko had a very much of like a trembling type of presence in his voice you know when he's saying and all that stuff, a little bit of tremble and stuff like that that kind of worked, you know, or a little bit of like, you know, um, not stumbling, but more of like a little bit of more of like a bubbly type of, you know, sound in his voice. Um, but yeah, no, no, no. So, uh, King Harvest is one of those other songs that uh, is a storytelling song. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, um, this album represented a lot of stuff of, you know, some Americana stuff going back to like Midwest, you know, doing 
writing characters uh, from, you know, like the 19th century and all that stuff. And, you know, because these guys were from Canada, yet they were able to come up with these stories of uh, stuff from the U.S. and all that stuff, from their experience when they were touring with Ronnie Hawkins, you know, because uh, when they were, yeah, they first performed Ronnie Hawkins as the Hawks, and they performed in, like, the Deep South, and they were able to, like, you know, write their depictions of it, and, you know, from, you know, history in the past and all that stuff. But, yeah, it's like, it's about a union worker and all that stuff, and, uh, you know, it's kind of like, you know, like, you know, it's definitely in the song, too, uh, like, if, if you want to know the story, but, you know, like, you know, just, like, goes over, you know, about a farmer's life and all that stuff, you know, talking about the hard times and all that stuff, um, but, but, yeah, it works well, and then, um, coming at number four, we've got, of course, uh, Rag Mama Rag, and that's another great, uh, Leave on Helm tune, um, it's got a great, um, horn section, uh, and, and, and also, too, and a little bit, of, yeah, like, a little bit of those, like, uh, violins, you know, a little bit of that, uh, you know, jug band sound a little bit in the beginning, um, and then, you know, the drums are a little bit heavy in the beginning, and then, you know, Leave on just goes in into, like, a fast-paced type of voice, too, uh, with phrase like, gonna turn you loose like a lawn and a goose, and, uh, yeah, 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 um, so just a very funny, like, kind of, like, romance song, almost like Jemima, Jemima Surrender, that was kind of, like, in the same realm of that, too, um, but, uh, yeah, because, like, also, too, a thing I forgot to mention with Jemima Surrender, like, that, like, you know, was very, like, they had, like, double entendres of, like, you know, sexual innuendos, like, I'll play all night for you, uh, but, yeah, yeah, no, no, so, uh, Rag Mama Ra Rag is a really, uh, really great tune, honestly, uh, and, uh, just very, you know, fast-paced, you know, uh, I've got that really, uh, good, you know, like, uh, the, the tuba in it, too, uh, you know, and all that stuff, um, works well, and, uh, you know, no, no it's just really, really great, it's, yeah, like, I, I forget if there's a string, string section, but just, it's not, it, it's got that, you know, like, that brass section, you know, a little bit of, I think, I think it's a little bit of, like, an or orchestral, uh, section that we can, um, just, just bring up, I, actually, more, it, it might be more of, like, the horns and stuff like that, because it's like like I've heard this out many times but when you hear it it's like you can hear different things like you wonder like oh wait was that actually a clarinet or oh was that a clavinet or was that like oh a tuba or oh was oh it was a saxophone you know you can hear it in different times and then when you realize oh no it was this different instrument or different thing you know your mind can play a different thing I mean like the song can be in my head now and stuff like that too you know um, I mean a thing another thing that comes into my mind with that song is just how great how it's a two-minute song that goes into you know talking about it like you know that does a great way of ending it in a sense you know by changing it up a little in the way of the tone of the singer's voice because you know the, like the first two voices are in the same type of tone and all that but to kind of I feel like indicate that it's going to the end uh, that's why it's good that you know Levon's uh, and like you, you know like Levon changes the tone a little of the voice and it, it's like the band is able to like you know able to close it well by fading it out and I think that that works well too and then like that little piano thing at the end but um yeah um but no so so very also too it's very you know ragtime stuff too you know like it like you know rag mama rag um okay so coming at number three we've got tears of rage now tears of rage um is a great great tune uh, that um of course is another song written by Bob Dylan but Richard Manuel also wrote it as well 
it's credited that uh, Bob Dylan wrote the lyrics and Richard Manuel wrote the music um, and all that. And um, it starts off the music from Big Pink album, so it's another, you know, yeah, opener from Richard Manuel. And he starts these albums great, you know, like with the, these songs. And then, of course, you know, Levon sings, you know, the juicy stuff in the middle, I think, that work, and I think it works well, you know. But, um, yeah, no, no. So in uh, this song, um, yeah, yeah, it starts off with this great, you know, just like, um, a little bit of like a sour organ, just like a wham, 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 yeah, yeah, and then, you know, uh, comes in right at you and all that stuff with, um, you know, Manuel's voice, and he just like kind of open, like he just bring, like he just brings more, you know, glory to it, and, gla and glamour to it, you know, of the way he goes into the song, um, you know, and singing it in an emotional way of like Tears of Rage, you know, so he, he does a good job of capturing the emotion ocean of you know sadness and all that um and like when when you hear the song it's like one of those songs that like everybody's gotta shut up and just like you know you, you just gotta listen to it you know it's like you're just listening you, you know like when it when it comes on you've just gotta listen to it in the car and or if whenever it comes on or whatever you play it, you just gotta like stop and just hear it and of course, there's harmonies on it between him and Rick Danko and all that, because um, Rick does a good job at, uh, of course, like I said, the harmonies, um, and just the way he sings it. And he he also uh, he also sang at Woodstock and all that stuff too. And he, when he when Richard Manuel does it live too, it's great because like he had this I think uh, performance kind of I, I think he had this kind of like presence where when he performed, he was just able to like make the whole room shine you know when he was able to to have his chance at singing and i think you know like when the piano comes at him it's like you're looking at you know you're just in awe of this guy you know uh and all that so um yeah definitely um this is definitely a song that is in my top five and of course that's why it it, it is ranked at number three so coming at number two and number one um, is, uh, so, um, it's probably not a big surprise to you of what these two are, considering I haven't mentioned it before, um, if you are a big band fan and all stuff, or, uh, or a big fan of classic rock in the 60s, and you know your, your music and your facts, um, so, coming at number two, we got The Night They Drove Old Dixie Down, which is, of course, considered a classic song from the band. Now, I want to address the elephant in the room for a while of what the song is. So, the song is a fictional story like like i say robbie robertson writes you know like kind of like i had these this mental picture of a movie in his mind and this is about this the confederates in the civil war like the glory of the confederates during the civil war and it's an interesting song because you know you wonder how like how does it you know how is it relevant today how is it how is it how would it work today, you know, in this time and all that stuff? And I saw this interview of the guy, of a guy talking about that with Robbie Robertson of like, you know, what was, you know, what, what was going on in his mind when he wrote the song. And he explained that when he was, you know, performing with Ronnie Hawkins, you know, they went to the Mississippi Delta and this was a guy from Canada and all that stuff. And, you know, he was, you know, his favorite artists from the blues and the rock, of course, were African-American, you know, and all that and, you know, he was just, you know, he talked about how he just, you know, adored them and just, like, you know, was in awe of them and, and you know, and all that stuff. And, um, you know, um, like, you know, the same with the other guys, too. And um, Levon, you know, like when he was with Levon in Arkansas, his father had different views um, and all that. And one time, um, 
Robbie Robertson met Levon's father, and Levon's father said to him, apparently, the way Robbie Robertson describes it in this uh, serious uh, interview, in the serious Max interview in 2019, that, um, you know, like, he, his, the father said to him, and he called him Robin instead of, you know, Robbie or something like that, and um, so he was like, Robin, one day the South will rise again, and, you know, just, it horrified him, of course, and, uh, you know, he, um, you know, like, a few years later, when they were doing the band, that that line came in his head and you know it just this whole movie came out of this guy named Virgil Kane and all that stuff and um you know he said he wrote it on the piano and and uh, and all that and he had to write it write it quietly kind of cuz his daughter was sleeping in the next room so we had to kind of you know write it very like you know very quietly and all that but uh yeah 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 no so um it's very uh you know very an interesting tune and i think what's interesting about it is like these guys were from you know a different you know canada they weren't part of the us and stuff like that so they were able to you know kind of like adapt these things and like you know also coming from a guy who wrote this you know who is you know um half uh, native american and also oh, uh, jewish as well you know it, it's interesting that you know they were able to you know capture that you know uh you know really hard you know harsh area of history you know and all that stuff you know and but able to capture it well of what their you know experience from the south you know and all that stuff um so yeah it's de it's definitely an interesting uh you know story in that sense um and you know it's definitely an, an interesting song and definitely uh i think one of their classics and shows the ability of storytelling and you know uh you know that music can ha be movies and all that stuff as well you know i think it i think is a great example of that you know that they can show harsh movies they can show movies in different points of views and all that stuff and i think that's um you know like because you know film and music and stories you know they're all over the place you know some are happy some are bad but showing different points of views of people who even uh, have the wrong views and all that stuff. It's I think it, it it can it can be clever and it can be played right. It like you know and if it's played right then you know it works well if it and all that. So uh, that's my my thoughts on that. Uh, it's definitely one of their uh, greatest songs I think. So definitely deserves the number two spot. Um, and coming at number one we've got uh, which you know if you are not even a band fan and you notice it is called the weight. So the weight is a really great song it works you know so well and i mean even the title how so simple it is but um i mean what can i not say about the weight it's got this great uh you know banjo you know opening kind of thing uh you know with the, like these little guitar licks uh, and then, you know, uh, the drums and the rest of the band comes in and then, you know, Levon sings this great tune again, you know, um, and all that. And, um, you know, like he, he just sings it perfectly. Uh, and uh, it's basically, you know, an interesting thing about the story is it's just, you know, a fictional story of a guy who's coming into town. And, you know, this guy's asking him if he can do him a favor and, you know, say hi to this person. And then it comes to a favor of saying hi. And that's why it's called The Wade. And it's take a load off Annie. Take a load for free. And it's like, and then you put the load on me. Which it's funny because I always felt like it's funny because it's like, wouldn't that be the time they put the weight in it? You put the weight on me, you would think. And it's funny, like, you know, that they use that. But, you know, like, The Load does not sound like a better title, honestly. The Weight works better better as a title and honestly it's like 
it's in the song, like, it just tells you, like, what it is, that, oh, this is a weight on this guy's shoulder, um, and all that, and, um, leave on disintegrate um another thing i really love to mention is uh the harmonies between uh rick danko and richard manuel in the chorus um they're just it sounds so beautiful and all that stuff and i think the thing that's interesting about their harmonies were that these guys definitely had their own distinct sound and like you know their own type of thing and they could do songs without the others and not not always needed harmonies but these guys were kind of like you know so individuals that when their voices blended together it worked, you know? It, it, it worked completely. And, uh, you know, Rick Danko also has a, a part at the end, because uh, there's about uh, five verses, uh, and uh, Rick Danko sings the fourth verse. And, uh, you know, because um, it's funny, because it was like, you know, it's a very interesting thing how it goes from one character to the next. And, like, you know, like, I remember I had to look up, I was like, oh, who sings that part? And it's like, oh, it's Rick Danko. Because, um, yeah, because it, it, it comes out of nowhere, because, you know, you're hearing Levon, and then it ends to, and then it goes to Rick Danko. But then, of course, then they sing the the, uh, the fifth verse together. And, uh, no, it's just, it's, it's a, a cl it's a classic, too. And I mentioned this, too, on uh, one of my videos, but um, when they performed this, at in the last waltz uh with the uh the staple centers uh it was a rehearsal performance and um you know the staple centers of course are uh you know you know a masterpiece and you know just wonderful have, have a wonderful catalog in their own right and the band you know admired them and loved their music and all that and they performed uh you know uh they they performed the weight and uh Mavis Staple, um, apparently at the end of the song, uh, she just says beautiful. And like, you know, like she just was like, beautiful. Because it was. It just sounded so beautiful. And, you know, um, it's, it's like, and another thing that I'd like to mention about The Way too is that two years ago, uh, Robbie Robertson and Ringo Starr from The Beatles were involved in this kind of like charity type of uh, benefit. And uh, they did a version of The Wait around, like with other people around the globe and all that stuff. And uh, it was like this virtual performance. And it was, it was before actually COVID too. Uh, and the way they do it is just great too. You know, like, um, you know, Robbie Robertson and Ringo Starr still got it with the, you know, the guitar and the drum. Like, they just play, play the instruments on it and they let the other people sing the song and and I think the thing is just that you know each ver each version is so beautiful it's just it's a very music has this like this like sense this power it really is magic and it really can you know just you know really make you like you know hook you and make you like like make your day better or just put you in a trance and be like oh my god this is just like what am I listening to? And the weight is one of those songs, you know? It's just like the way the, the melody comes in is of course isn't is it the most beautiful song? Is it a, a song about love? No, of, of course. But the melody convinces you and you know, like honestly, it manipulates you to thinking it's a beautiful song and just like these beautiful masterpiece lyrics and the because the, the music does a great job with it and also but also the vocals too from Levon work well with it too and um, of course there's another songwriting controversy with this that apparently you know because of course it's credited again of course to Robbie Robertson like most of these songs on the list but um, you know with this song uh, Robbie Robertson um, you know like it was claimed in Levon Helm's book, I think, in 1993. He wrote a book talking about, you know, his kind of bitter, um, you know, attitude towards Robertson. And um, he wrote that, um, you know, Robertson wrote, uh, that he, he believes that Robertson wrote about 60% of the lyrics, but 
Uh, 20% each should go to Richard Manuel and Rick Danko, a little bit of himself for the lyrics, and that Garth Hudson wrote most of the music and all that stuff, put all the music together. And in some ways, um, you know, what what I've realized about with Robbie Robinson, of what he did, was not wrong by crediting himself, because most of the other guys just did more of the arranging, you know? And the arranger doesn't always have to get credit when they write the song, you know? Um, but, like, so, you know, like, Robbie Robinson was, like, a guy who could put these stuff together, but just didn't give credit when it was due. And honestly, for a guy who did say, who does call them his brothers, you know, it's a little, you know, kind of greed and, and shady at times. Uh, but, yeah, no, no. Um, I mean, like I said, this song, I think, shows, um, you know, all five of them, like, that all five of them had, like, a unit. Like, you know, Levon sings well as, you know, the lead singer. And Rick Danko, too, you know, adding his uh, vocal part. And then even the harmonies with him and Richard Manuel and Robbie Robertson's guitar playing. And, you know, Garth Hudson just laying it all together with the organ, you know, and all that stuff, and just putting it all, making sure it sounds great by adding, like, those, that type of feel, and it's just this, it's, like, the, the best way to describe the weight is a sound that you need to hear immediately. So, that is my list for today for the band. Uh, you know, definitely uh, subscribe to me on my YouTube channel, uh, Tom Radigan. Uh, also, too, uh, you know, this will this podcast will be going out on um, Oswego's radio station. Uh, and also, it will be going on, um, you know, other platforms, too, as I, as, as I hope uh, as time goes on. While, the, while this gets, uh, you, you know, while this gets released, you know, and all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, no, 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 no. So, um for the next episode, we are going to be talking about the uh, Top 10 Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young, Al Young Songs. And um, I'll be looking forward to see you wherever that is. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, bye. <laughs>